Welcome back to Pick Up the Phone. This is Camelia, and today we have a caller on the line. Who are we speaking with? Hey, this is Megan. Hi, Megan. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. Yeah, Happy New Year. What are your thoughts on the whole hype around the new year? Like New Year, do me resolutions. Are you are you big into that, or you think it's kind of like annoying? Yeah. Um. Honestly, I'm not really like super into New Year's. I feel like throughout high school and even college, I never went to like a New Year's party or anything because like my mom was always worried about drunk drivers being on the road, so she didn't want me to be like driving to people's places or like even Ubering and stuff. Um. Because I think it's statistically like and the Super Bowl is like the most drunk drivers so I never did anything for New Year's I feel like I always was like oh like New Year's like it's gonna feel so different like New Year and then (laughs) it's just like the same and so I think when I grew up and kind of realized that I feel like I was probably in like middle school where I was just like oh this isn't really that big of a deal I don't know I'm just not I've never really been super into New Year's but the past two years, since I like live in an apartment, I'm like close to like a lot of bars and stuff. I did go to like a New Year's party, so that was fun to do that kind of for the first time. Um, but that was last year, and then this year I did it again, and it was kind of less novel. I'm not really one to do New Year's resolutions, honestly. I don't know if you are in general. I'm a pretty reflective person and I usually have like goals and stuff that I'm working towards um, that are a little bit more short term, I guess, than a year. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm like already a pretty resolution-y kind of person. I'm like always like, oh, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to change this. And then, I mean, usually I don't, but. (laughs) um I don't I don't really do it around the new year's even though I feel like I do resolutions like Mm -hmm. probably daily monthly random times yeah your things tend to be like more short term yeah like I feel like when I think of goals and like resolutions or changes that I'm trying to make I feel like usually they're a little bit more day to day not Mm -hmm. like oh this year I want to get this done I feel like it's more of like, oh, I, I want to get this done. I'm going to start working on it. Like, I don't really wait for the new year right. to do that. Are there some new habits that you picked up in 2022? Yeah. So I have been trying to, you know, like work out more and everything. And so a couple months ago, I joined Orange Theory. Mm-hmm. And I actually really like it. I think that I like need that structure and discipline of Mm -hmm. someone else yelling at me to work out because I don't (laughs) have that self-discipline to like do a crunch (laughs) but yeah so I did that a couple months ago and I I don't know about you but I recently I guess before that I had just been walking for the most part not really doing any high intensity exercise and so when I did the class I was like sweating and like really working hard and I was like oh my god I kind of missed this like just having a really intense workout and like getting those endorphins and stuff Mm -hmm. so 
that is like one thing that I've been trying to do more is like have more high intensity workouts, which has been really good for like my mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that's like one thing that I was trying to do. And I feel like the fact that I pay for the membership and I have (laughs) to go like a certain amount of times has like kept me on that routine. Um, but yeah, how about you? Have you been doing anything new? Or do you have New Year's resolutions? Yeah, I feel like I went the opposite direction that you did with like my thoughts about the New Year. Like I I used to be like, oh my god, the year is passing. Like there's no difference. Why are people so into this? And I did. Mm-hmm. I did go to a lot of New Year's parties when I was younger. But I'm famously cursed on New Year's. And every single New Year's Eve, I would have like a horrible night. Like something really really huge would go wrong, which I'm sure I'll tell on the podcast at some point, but I'm honestly too afraid to tell the stories and that somebody like people who are there will like hear. You're like like, not ready to expose yourself yet. Well, see, I'm not exposing myself. I'd be exposing other people. Oh, okay. And so I'm like, if I was just making fun of, if it was, if like I did something embarrassing, I would definitely tell everyone, but I feel like it's, I'm like, it's too. You're not trying to embarrass other people on your podcast. Yeah, that would that would be pretty awful. So then I like kind of got over all the hype for like New Year's parties because I just had such an awful time every year. But I have grown to really like New Year's resolutions and I never used to like care about them at all. Although I do agree with you that like I don't think I think like the New Year is very arbitrary. Like it doesn't have to be like, oh, it's January 1st. Now it's time to set yeah. goals. But it is like a year is just like a nice amount of time for like longer term goals and stuff yeah also it's like a good reminder to like reflect and set goals I think that if you get caught up in life and that's just not really something that you normally do I think it is like the new year's is a good time to remind yourself to do that Um, right so I feel like for me it's more so I think I like had goals already before the new year started And so I guess I already, like, knew what my resolutions were and was already working towards them. Right. Well, especially Um, for keeping the same stuff, you don't have to, like, change everything. Because, like, so I made – last year I made New Year's resolutions, but they were sort of, like, things, like, I wanted to check off of my list of life things or, like – Yeah. And I didn't do all of them. I, like, only did a couple. And so I, like, found it in my journal. And then I was, like, looking back at it a few days ago, and I was kind of bummed because I was, like – I set all these tasks that I wanted to do that would be like fun new memories and things I've been wanting to do for a while. And then I didn't do them. And I was like, so upset with myself. And then I was like, okay, it's not like my deadline is a year. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It's like you are here living on this planet. Like you can still go do all those things, you know? Yeah. Like one big one for me is like for years, I've been saying that I want to up my skills in Spanish and be like much closer to flow and like much more conversational because now uh-huh. my Spanish skills are like very low level basic and yeah. I just like wanted to take that push and like really be better at it but I like haven't had enough time to like you know like I'll do it for a couple months and then I'll like fall off again and then it's like yeah well, I just haven't committed myself to the daily working on it and stuff and I was like so upset at myself and then I was like there's there's only so much time when you're like working a full-time job like you just I mean, or when you're a student too, like you just have a very limited amount of time. So it's like, okay, well, either do it or don't. You know what I mean? It's just like those yeah. options. But you just have to pick, like you can't do everything. So you have to like pick the things yeah. that you want to do and put your time into that. 
Yeah. And I feel like with, you know, goals and resolutions, I feel like the worst thing possible is to like beat yourself up over not doing them or not completing them. Like that's just not constructive at all. Like that's like literally the opposite. Like you don't want to be, you know, setting goals and then just being discouraged because of the goals because you Mm -hmm. didn't meet them. I think it's more so you should, you know, set your goals and then just like be gentle with yourself. Like if you don't meet them, like I think that's the cool thing about goals is like you don't right. you don't want to meet all your goals. Like you want to constantly be learning and growing and improving. So I think it's a good thing in a sense when like right. you don't complete all your goals. It just means that you, you know, set the bar high and you don't want to set it low and just, you know, um, you know, cut your wings, <laughs> you know? Right, right. Um, I totally agree. So yeah, I but like it's hard, I've... you know, it's you it's hard to not beat yourself up over it or be a little bit discouraged or uh bummed if you don't meet them, but also I think it's important to, you know, remind yourself of all the things you did accomplish and just right. remember that like you can't do it all. I mean, maybe you can, but if you can, teach me how. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely cannot do it all. I can yeah. only do a few things. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I've changed my mind from a resolution being like something to check off and shifted to more like what values and qualities do I want the new year to have? Yeah, I love that. And what things did I do in the past year that I really like that's like, okay, I want to make sure that like the people I spend my time with are people that make me feel good about myself. And the people yeah. that make me feel good about myself are people that I'm putting my time back into too. Make sure that I'm committing mm-hmm. my time to like people that I care about or like yeah. people that I'm pursuing hobbies that I enjoy or like, you know, getting credit for work I do, like stuff like that instead of just like, okay, this year I'm going to like make sure to pick up this new skill. It's like, no, how do I want to feel? Like what kind of stuff mm-hmm. do I like that makes me feel good that I'm like, okay, I definitely want to bring this into the next year. Like a little less concrete of yeah. goals like a little bit yeah that makes sense I feel like I've been trying to work on balance a lot and mm-hmm. so I think maybe that's why I don't like new year's resolutions because I'm like okay like January 1st go and then I'm yes. like oh my god I can't yeah fail. I agree it's like, a little bit, like <laughs> I you can't like give yourself this huge to-do list at once it's like yeah and also I just feel like I definitely have a problem I don't know problem is right where but I definitely feel like I'm the kind of person who will start something and be like super motivated about it like Mm -hmm. so excited get really into it like a hobby or something or a goal and just like completely like all or nothing like Mm -hmm. I'm gonna be the next like I don't know if I start learning a new instrument I'm like I'm gonna be famous like I'm gonna be a famous guitar player (laughs) and like I just like instantly want to become like the best at it. And I have all this drive and motivation. And then like two weeks later, I'm interested in something else. And then I never touch the guitar again. So I definitely feel like I've been trying to just have more balance and um, try not to only focus on one thing and try to focus on multiple things. And if, if I fall in one category but I'm doing well in another, like, that's okay. Like just having more of a growth mindset rather than like perfectionist, um, Mm -hmm. trying to have more of a growth mindset and not, not beat myself up over any failures. So 
I think this year I want to work on my confidence and self-esteem and just like becoming the best version of myself so that I'm not I want to be like less negative, like try to be more positive, but have it come mm-hmm. from like a genuine place of like contentness, I guess. Yeah, I feel it too. Just being able to like let things go and like. Exactly. And um, just focusing on trying to build my self-esteem up. So I'm just like more comfortable with myself and therefore I can really be myself around everyone and mm-hmm. just uh, not let that be like a blocker in my life. Cause I definitely think I have, um, I definitely think I struggle with like low self-esteem at times. So that's something I've been trying to work on. Do you have any periods, phases, years in your life that you feel like were huge periods of growth for you? Could be in self-esteem or anything else that you were just like looking back. You're like, okay, that I like everything sped up and I really came out of that thing a different person. Yeah, I think um, after I graduated college and then this was like still COVID times, um, I wouldn't say like peak, but still um, a little bit more prevalent than it is today, I guess. Yeah. Um, And so my job got pushed back. My start date got pushed back by a couple months. Mm-hmm. And I had already moved to Charlotte, where I live now. And I just remember, like, after I graduated, I moved to this new city. I was, like, so excited. Like, oh, my God, moving to a new city is going to be so fun. I'm going to make all these friends. And I'm going to, like, love it there. And then I think it was, like, I was a little bit bored. I also yeah. didn't realize how few people I knew yeah. in Charlotte. Yeah, moving somewhere new is very lonely. Yeah, I was really lonely. And it was also summertime. So I knew like a couple people. And it was like, a lot of times they were working out of town, and I wasn't doing anything. I was not working. And I just didn't know what to do with myself. And I feel like I kind of got just like bored and lonely. And I was like, I hate it here. I want to move home. And I was like, kind of putting myself out there to meet people. But not really all that much. And then my self-esteem like plummeted. So I think it was like hard to go meet people because I just was like kind of in a funk, not feeling Mm -hmm. great about myself. And I was like, well, I don't want to go be a Debbie Downer. Like no one will want to be my friend. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think I just like got to a point where I looked into moving because I was like, I hate it here. This place sucks. And Mm then I was like, looking into moving and switching jobs and everything. Um, But then I just realized like, okay, logistically, it's going to be a while to move. And it's gonna be hard to change jobs. Like it's going to take a lot of time. I have like a lease and I have a contract with my company. And so I can't like leave Charlotte until Mm -hmm. logistically, it's a little bit better. So I was like, okay, I'll just, you know, tough it out till May and then I'll look into switching or whatever moving and then I feel like after that point I was just like all right well I'm here till May I'm gonna stop feeling sorry for myself Mm -hmm. I need to at least enjoy my time here while I'm here because like there's no point in just at least not trying to enjoy the next few months Mm -hmm. and I was like I can't keep complaining that I don't like this place And that I don't know people when all I do is stay in my apartment and don't Mm -hmm. actually go experience the city and try to meet people. My whole life, I've always had some form of 
you know, structure school, um, classes, sports to make friends. And I think this was like the first point in my life where I was like, okay, if I want to go make friends, I need to put in the work to do it. And it Mm -hmm. takes time to get close to people. And I'm not being thrown in situations around people. I'm working remote slash I wasn't working yet. And so really just putting in the effort to make friends and putting in the effort to see if I like the city was kind of an eye opener for me. And I think once I realized that I went out and did it and just like really put in effort, I went on Bumble BFF. And now Mm -hmm. my roommate is like my friend I met on Bumble BFF. Mm -hmm. I just like started putting in the work to do it. And I feel like I was like reaching out to people more like not being afraid to text people and that I had met like once and be like, Hey, do you want to hang out? You know, yeah. just kind of getting over that. And then it was like, instantly, I was like, Whoa, Oh my God, I like it here. Yeah. So yeah, it like, it was weirdly quick. And I'm not saying like, it'll be that way for everyone. I think. Well, I don't think it was weirdly quick, though. Because I feel like you put in a lot of work. And then all of a sudden, you see the payoff. It's like what it is. That's true. Yeah. Like, it's not I like think... you just stumbled into like all of these things. But it's like, all of yeah. a sudden, you're like, wait, okay. I put an effort and now I actually feel like I'm feeling at home here. Yeah. And I had been putting in effort before that. I think I just like really cranked it up. And that's when I started to see results. And I was like, oh my God, I'm liking it here and Mm -hmm. enjoy it. And now I've lived here since. So yeah, it's so interesting that you say that because I feel like as we've like called each other and caught up, I like heard you through some of those different stages. And I feel like you definitely did sound different because like, I mean, moving to a new place on your own and not knowing a lot of people is like such a difficult thing that people just yeah. don't talk about enough. Like, I mean, people are like, oh, it's hard, but it's like, everyone's like, oh, you're you're moving out of school, you're starting. And it's like, okay, well, now I don't know anyone. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's no like autom- automatic way to meet people like there has been throughout your whole life. And like, yeah, it's really difficult especially if you are in like a city where a lot of people have a lot of different things going on it's not like there's only a few places where everybody hangs out like it's like Mm -hmm. everyone's going all over and doing all these different things I would tell people like oh I'm like moving to a new city and everyone is always like oh my god yay that's gonna be so fun you're gonna love it there like so many people were like you're gonna love Charlotte like you're gonna love it so much and then I moved there and I was expecting to instantly love it and I was like oh my god I don't so then I was like Oh, I hate it. And yeah, I feel like I remember. I yeah, yeah. Like just needed to give it time. That's why people say you really need to stay like it takes you like a year to figure yeah. it out somewhere. Because I no, remember I agree. coming to DC, like, I feel like I did. I didn't know anybody here when I moved here, like moved in with a girl off of Facebook. And uh-huh. um, I definitely like tried to throw myself into things right off the bat and be like working really hard to like meet people and go out and explore the city. But still like a few months in, I was like, Oh my God, I totally know DC did not like, and then until like at least six months and then like coming up on a year before I was like, okay, I can stop like pushing myself really hard to try and go out and do things. But it's just like, okay, I have a community of people. I feel mm-hmm. comfortable with like the stuff. Like I know the, the neighborhoods. I know the stuff. You know, like yeah, it, it, it like literally starts to feel like home. And yeah, because even if you are like putting yourself out there at first, it's like work. Mm-hmm. It is. And I remember I was be so stressed because like the weekend would come, 
And like you said, we were working remote too. So it's like you weren't even really meeting your coworkers, but it's like, yeah. at least you had something I, like, to do during the day. I like felt socially awkward yeah. from COVID and stuff. I was like... Oh my God, it definitely messed with all of us too. Yeah, I like forgot how to interact with people. I know your job got pushed back, but I was like working over that summer. So at least like during the weekdays I had like work, but then like the weekend would come and I'd be like, all right, it's Friday night, it's Saturday night. Like I don't have any plans yeah, and I feel like with Fridays and Saturdays, there were definitely times where I was like wanting to go meet people because I knew people were like busy during the week. So I was like, it, it was, I kind of felt like I had two days a week to go and try to make friends. Yeah. And I would just kind of like wait around until Friday and Saturday hit. And then I was like, okay, I need to take advantage of the weekend and meet people. But sometimes I just wasn't feeling it. But then. I went on Bumble BFF and I, like I said, I met my roommate on it. I mean, we got wine on a Wednesday, you know? So I think I was just like, had this thing in my mind that was like, okay, you have to meet people on the weekends. But I felt like meeting people when you're like out at bars and stuff, like they might not even remember you. It's like when I started doing things with uh, the people I was meeting, that was more wholesome, I guess I should say. Yes. Yeah. I feel like that's when I like really made connections and got to know people better. Mm-hmm. And well, because you're not focused on drinking, you're focused on like each other, and you can like have something to drink with you, but it's not like you get to actually like sit down with each other and get to know somebody. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like dating. <laughs> I feel like you just gave a bunch of tips, like Bumble BFF, and like not always going out with somebody, getting to know them. But do you have any other um, tips for somebody who's in a new city and doesn't know a lot of people? Like, what do you feel like really helped you? Just like not overthinking it. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times I would overthink texting people or like seeming yeah. weird or clingy. I remember I got smoothies with this guy that I'm friends with and I knew him since high school. And I told him because he introduced me to some of his friends. And I was like, oh, I like I really want to hang out with them. But I would just kind of wait around. They were like girls. So I was like, I need more like mm-hmm. girlfriends here. And I would like wait until I like got invited to something, right? And I was like, oh, I hope I like copy invite, right? And sometimes I wouldn't. And I mean, if you've ever made plans, I'm sure you know, you just kind of text around and like, see what's up. Mm-hmm. It's never like a who are we inviting, you know? Yeah, it's not um, like personal. They're like, let's not invite Megan. Yeah, exactly. I think like, they didn't know me that well. So like, I probably just wasn't on their radar yet. So right. he was like, you need to just like text them like they liked you. Like, I don't know why you're not just like reaching out to them to like hang out with them. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Like, it's not weird to do that. I, I was just was like in my head, I guess. Like, well, because also like when someone texts you, like if someone's ever like, oh, hey, I was just thinking about like, you know, you seem great. Would love to get to know you more. Like, let's hang out. It's like, it, that's so exciting. It's such a great text. Right? To I'm like, you. yeah, I'm like, oh my God, that's exciting. Like, yes, I want to hang out with you. Like, I would never be like, oh my God, this person's so weird. They don't have friends. Like, no. Like, yeah, like, it would make I my guess, day if someone was like, want yeah. like, to hang out one on one. Let's get to know each other more. Like, I don't know why I thought people would find it clingy or weird or I don't know. I also learned a lot about like being on my own. I think I got a lot more comfortable being by myself. And I listened to this one podcast and they were talking about, you know, being alone and stuff. They said on the podcast, like, oh, if if you want to go do something like you want to try a new restaurant, for instance, and they said, if you don't do it because you have no one to go with, you're just like limiting your life Mm -hmm. so much. And I that like really hit me. I was like, I'm totally like that. If I don't have someone to go do something with, I just don't do it. And I'm like, how much have I limited myself 
That was one thing that also really helped me when I was new in DC. So I just would like kind of wallow being like, I have so much time to fill and like nothing to fill it with. And so I started mm-hmm. making myself solo adventure days. Yeah, I love that. And I would pick like three activities. I'd be like, okay, I want to try like food from this cafe. I want to go see like this museum exhibit and I want to hit up like this like street market or like pop-up festival because like fortunately DC there is like tons of stuff always going on but I feel like there are equivalents for a lot of places like there are always like Instagram accounts or like websites you can check to see like what are the things that are happening like just that weekend or something and I would like literally like pick three things and go spend a full day just like exploring different neighborhoods and like different stuff in the city And first of all, they were really fun. When I started having more friends and hanging out with people, I would sometimes be like, well, I'm like, I kind of miss those days because it was like, I just learned so much about the city and I had so many like fun experiences. Yeah. And like you said, it doesn't take away from it. If what you want to do is like, go check out this thing, like it doesn't make it worse if you're not doing it with someone else. I think it's also like a different experience, like doing something by yourself and doing something with a friend. And they're both fun in different ways. Like I feel like when you do something by yourself, you can be very observant. Yeah, you get to really focus on whatever you're doing. Like different ways to have fun. I feel like I feel like when I go do something with another person, I'm usually more focused on the person and right. talking to them and hanging out rather than how the food tastes, like what's the ambiance. Like it's just a little bit different, like both fun and different ways. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I think that those kinds of things can be like important, not only to just get you out of the house, but I also felt like it was nice that then when I did start to meet people, and like I'll say one of the biggest ways I made friends was definitely like through other people's friends. Like I I moved in with my roommate, Zoe, who I had on the podcast previously, and um, she had lived in DC for several years. So like when she would have plans, she was like, nice enough to let me come and so like yeah but it's like you don't want to be like you said you don't want to be the downer who's like well I know nothing and nobody and I have no idea what's going on so like it was nice like having all those things that I had done on my own then when people said things like I had stories I could say I had things I could right. talk I could be like oh I have been to this place you should try it like mm-hmm. and instead of just like feeling stuck like I didn't have anything to offer because you definitely yeah. there and you're like well how am I gonna and it's like no, like, just because you don't know tons of people here doesn't mean you don't have anything to offer. So it's like, then when you do meet those mm-hmm. people, it's like, you can be chill and normal and not be so like, yeah. please be my friend. <laughs> like All right, switching gears a little, I want to take it back to when and how we met, which was in college. Yeah. Um, do you remember actually, like, the first time we met? Because I think it was in a math class. Yes, it was <laughs> combinatorics with Miss Karcher. I remember because you were sitting in the front row. Yeah, I was. I think, <laughs> I think you were sitting pretty close to the front row, though. Yeah, I think I was like right behind you or something. But I remember because I walked in and you were already there on the first day of class, like sitting in the front row with like your like notes notebook out. Yeah, how misleading! Like that makes me seem like such like the teacher's pet who like went to every single class early. Like that was not really me (laughs) okay it was you for that class though it did I like I pulled my my shit together (laughs) Megan and I were both computer science majors and there are not a lot of women in computer science um in the industry in the workforce or 
getting the degree at our school. So I was like really excited to see somebody like just seem friendly. Cause also like not uh-huh. even, not even is it so homogenous, which it is, but it's also like people are sometimes not very friendly. Like they're very closed off and they're like, yeah, afraid to show personality. And I think that this can happen in a lot of industries where there is such a pressure to be like hyper-focused on your job and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I've, imagine the same thing happens in like business econ like other stuff like that where it's like okay you can't be fun you can't laugh you can't like have your own personal style and like yeah computer science is also I mean you're sitting on a computer typing all day you know Mm -hmm. like it's not really the most social job so I feel like attracts people that are a little bit more introverted and I'm like super extroverted and Mm -hmm. I feel like I picked up on the fact that you were also like extroverted I mean I consider you extroverted um yeah and I was like oh she's like she's my vibe like yeah I think we were both like thank god (laughs) yeah well also I I heard quote or like a joke I don't even know where I heard it but someone said extroverted computer scientists will stare at your feet when they talk to you and introverted computer scientists will stare at their own feet when they talk to you like basically saying that all computer scientists are like super antisocial yeah kind of a stereotype but also kind of true (laughs) so I was like excited when I was like oh she's she's like talkative and bubbly and seems fun (laughs) so you switched majors in college from mechanical engineering, right? Which is also another famously difficult major. I feel like you really went like hard to hard. Well, fun fact, listeners, I graduated a year late and Cammie graduated a year early. (laughs) So yeah, so I did, I changed my major and that was my sophomore year. Yeah, I did mechanical engineering for two years and I just felt like it was pulling teeth to do the assignments Mm -hmm. and I just really did not, find any interest in the force on one side of a screw I was like I really don't care (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so I just was like definitely lacking interest in it and then I had to take a computer science class for the mechanical major and I was like wait this is so fun Mm -hmm. like this is a major and I think I was kind of intimidated to change my major to computer science because I had this idea that everyone that coded like has been coding since they were five years old and like built a computer when they were 10. And I was not like that at all. Like I didn't know anything about it, but I started it and I was like, I'm interested in it. And I remember I talked to someone and they were like, oh no, like I didn't code in high school. Like I just started coding in college. And that guy was a computer science major. And I was like, oh, okay. If you can do it, I can do it, you know? It's been good since. I still like it, so I'm glad I did that. (laughs) I've always admired you so much for changing your major, though. Like, I know that it did cause you to have to take an extra year, but, like, I feel like I heard so many people stay in a major that they didn't want to be in because they were afraid of, like, any extra time, I guess, quote-unquote, it would take them. Yeah, yeah. And, like, there's a lot of that in engineering, too, because, like, it pays well. And so a lot of people are like, I hate this. I, like, hate everything I do every day and I have a horrible time Mm -hmm. with it. But, like, it's going to pay me. So, like, I have to go and do this. And it's, like, there are are plenty of career tracks where you can make a good salary for yourself. And some of those include college. And some of them you don't have to have, like, a four-year degree for. And there are, like, so many paths you can take in the world that I just think it's, like, so awful to like make yourself be miserable for the sake of this other thing and yeah. like I know people are always saying oh like life's too short life's too short to do whatever but I kind of always think of it the opposite way that's like 
life is very long and it's like yeah the longest thing you'll ever do do i really want to spend all of these years doing something that i hate and makes me feel so horrible every day and so it's like and it's not to say like if you graduate with a degree and then you decide that you're not super interested you can obviously change industries you can it's not saying like there's no hope for you but like i feel like you made a decision that like completely changed Mm -hmm. like where your life after college would go and it like really paid off and I also don't think the amount of years you spend in school yeah makes any difference at all like I am I am in no better position in life for have having graduated a year early like it just you know I went to the computer science career fair um for like recruiting like for my company and stuff and like every single Virginia Tech computer science student that came to the booth I was like be proud of yourself. That was hard. Like you're doing great. Like trying to encourage them. Cause like it mm-hmm. was, it was difficult. I don't know, maybe not to others, but it was difficult to me. How did it feel being there on the other side? Okay, Yeah. That was like a weird feeling. Cause like they were so nervous. I was like, Oh my God, like, don't be nervous. I literally graduated like a year ago. <laughs> and then I was, I told them and they were like, Oh, and I could tell mm-hmm. they like instantly relaxed, but I was so impressed by them. Like their experience and resumes were all like so good. You're now working full time as a data analyst. And what are your thoughts on how computer science, the major compares to computer science, the career? Girl, I was in a meeting the other day and I was like, I'll be darned. I learned this in school and I kind (laughs) of forget it, but it's, really cool to see the stuff that we learned in classes actually being applied in the real world I feel like it's kind of exciting I'm like oh I learned that and now I'm using it and I'm learning more about it and it's I think it's like really fun and really cool so I am really glad I changed my major because it's just crazy how different your work ethic can be when you actually like what you're doing I feel like I am way more motivated to do computer science related stuff than I ever was for mechanical engineering. So yeah, so many of my computer science classes are actually super applicable to my job. I don't know if you relate to that. That's interesting. I actually don't. Really? So you like don't? I feel like I use basically nothing. Really? Okay, interesting. Except for like general foundations of like development or problem solving. That's pretty much it. Like I I had to like learn an entire new set of everything that I had not even touched in school. Interesting. Which definitely can depend on your job. Like computer science major is very like target like it only handles certain types of programming Mm -hmm. and obviously like the whole field of technology is very vast I don't mind I mean like I understand that like college can only prepare you for so much like Mm -hmm. I definitely wish that they did more of at least an overview of like different kinds of computer science because I feel like there are so many things that I don't even know exist out there until I hear that someone's doing it and I'm like would be nice to have a better overview of like of like what's out there in the industry, what options are mm-hmm. available, and especially like some of the newer stuff, whether it's like blockchain, cloud, containerization, artificial intelligence, machine learning. Mm-hmm. There's just like so much stuff that we just like don't even talk about that is like a lot of the frontier of the industry right yeah. now. Um but I feel like my company was very understanding of that. I remember I had a meeting with the person who went on to my boss and he was like 
explaining to me what exactly the project would be and like what kind of stuff I would be doing. And he was like, does this interest you? Like, you know, how do you feel? And I was like, it definitely does interest me, but like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I don't have a lot of experience with Mm -hmm. this. Like, you know, is there something like I need to prepare ahead of time? Do I need to like get certified? Like, you know, do something before I start. And he was like, no, that's fine. They don't really teach it in school. So like literally no one comes in with any experience. Like you'll be able to learn it. We'll give you time to learn it. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Like as long as they didn't, I think I would have been much more stressed if I was like expected to come in with all of this knowledge. Yeah. But I feel like they definitely know that that's not something that everybody just knows. Is there anything that you've seen in the news or that you've gotten to learn through work that has been really cool and like you're very excited about? If you're in the tech space or a computer science space, you've probably heard of chat GPT. It's so cool. And I've just been like playing around with it. And I just think it's really fun. And like listeners, I guess, if you don't know what it is, look it up. It's really cool. Um, it's basically this chat bot and you can write a question or a prompt into it. And then the machine learning algorithm, um, it was made by OpenAI. It's really cool. And it will look at your prompt and use machine learning to generate a response. And so it can generate so many different things and, it's not like, I remember I showed my roommate and she was like, oh my God, did someone like write that? Um, and I was like, no, it's like computer generated. Um, I don't know if you've also heard of Dolly, the photo one, but that one is super cool too. Um, have you done that one? The photo one kind of weirds me out. I'm not Really? Yeah. It's like crazy. It basically, you put in what you want a picture of and it'll just um, look through like millions of photos and just like generate what you want based on learning um, how the other photos looked. Well, the thing that weirds me out about that one or like anything that's like AI art, because their data includes like people's art styles. Yeah. So then it's like all of these different artists that have curated their unique style and like way of doing art that is very meaningful to them. And I was seeing an artist I think on Instagram was like talking about um, how for other artists, like you can go into this one website and like search yourself and basically see like if your art is included in like machine learning algorithms. And if so, like how much, and she was like, look, like this is my style. And now like you could request it and artificial intelligence would just make it over. Yeah, no, I think that's like the sad side of it. I think, I mean, I'm really interested in AI ethics. Yeah, me too. Um, And so I think that definitely like falls into that category. Like when does it become plagiarism, copywriting? Like, because if you um, if you like see someone's art and then you go and redraw it, that's just like copying it, you know? And Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's like that is that is like the sad side of it. Like I wish it didn't have to be like that you know like taking like stealing other people's styles and ideas and I like I don't even know like the legality of it honestly there's definitely also a lot of strange things about like data ownership in general like when you put things out into the world like on different platforms but like from your account like you no longer own them yeah and like all the all the things you sign and like give your data away it's like 
But I wonder if that's going to change in the future because like the world is just becoming so increasingly digital. And I, I wonder if it's going to change to where like we have more control over our own data mm-hmm. and that like we'll have to be compensated for whether it's like being a part of algorithms, like stuff being studied, like targeted ads, yeah. like, if we would have to be compensated for like our data being used for that. Yeah. So the thing about that, people are always like, oh my God, like so creepy. Like they took my data, but most of the time you have like consented to it yes but it's it's like you don't really have an option to not consent well you don't have to use it that's the thing like you don't have to have an iphone you don't have to use facebook but it's like yeah you do <laughs> you know no well that's the thing is like yeah you don't have to but like for many people's like careers like, you would have to not have an email legally it's like you consented to it you know you consented to alexa listening to you you consented to snapchat having your camera Right. Well, I'm saying, like, is it really is it really fair that you agree to something that you basically have no choice but to agree to? I don't think you could get rid of enough things without, like, literally sacrificing your entire career because you would have to never have an email and never use a search engine. Yeah. Both of which are, like, pretty necessary to, like, live in the world. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I'd be interested to see what happens with that in the future and just... um. Anyway, I know we talked about this earlier. Do you want to do a little demo? Yeah, let me do the of how ChatGPT works. I feel like I feel like it's really cool to see and use, and like I'm totally nerding out and having fun with it. Show you more what it's like versus my horrible explanation. Mm. Um, I said um, write some vows to say at a wedding because I wanted to see if it Ooh. could generate vows, and this <laughs> is what it said: Here are some sweet wedding vows. I name, take you name to be my lawfully wedded spouse. I promise to love, honor, and cherish you through good times and bad and sickness and health for as long as we both shall live. From the moment I met you, I knew that you were the one for me. You bring joy and light into my life, and I'm grateful every day to have you by my side. Like, I'm I'm not writing my own vows. I'm going to make chat GPT write my vows. Like, that sounds so sweet. <laughs> Pretty generic, but um, another one I did... I said, tell me a story if Ross and Rachel from Friends got back together. And I said, sure, here's a fictional story about Ross and Rachel getting back together. After years of being apart, (laughs) Ross and Rachel finally decided to give their relationship another chance. They had both grown and changed a lot since their days at Central Park, and they were ready to start fresh. Ross was working as a paleontologist at a museum, and Rachel was running her own fashion boutique. They had both dated other people in the intervening years, but neither of them had ever found anyone who made them feel the way they did. I don't know. I just think it's funny. Um, What's another one I generated the other day? I said, as a woman, how do I attract men? I wanted to see how the, if the computer (laughs) could help my tragic dating life. Um, And honestly, it gave the sweetest response. It said, it's important to remember that everyone is different and what attracts one person might not attract another. With that being said, some things that might generally improve your chances of attracting men include being confident, being yourself, and showing kindness and empathy towards others. It can also be helpful to take care of your physical appearance, such as by dressing in a way that makes you feel good about yourself and practicing good hygiene. It's also a good idea to be open to new experiences and to try new things, as this can make you more interesting and attractive to others. Finally, try to be positive and have a good sense of humor. And as these qualities can be very attractive to many people. Like that chat, so sweet, so cute. About that, I was listening to um, a New York Times piece about 
ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. And one thing they said that was really interesting was like, like that, like ChatGPT can give genuine advice that is not just like facts recycled. Yeah. yeah. Um, like emotional. And so it offers a really, really interesting free sort of therapy option for people who don't have the time or money to go to therapy no literally like that made me feel so good about myself I was like oh chatbot like I'm just gonna write in something right now and see what it says like if you were having a really awful day and you like weren't really sure who to turn to in your life I'm just gonna write like I'm feeling bad about myself and see what it yeah and this is definitely not saying it's like a substitute for everything but it's it's just like it's like a tool it can open up a lot of opportunities yeah for like when you don't have like the money resources whatever for like a full you know version of whatever you're trying to get especially like a supplement emotional support it kind of wrote a lot honestly but it's like i'm sorry that you're feeling bad about yourself it's natural to have ups and downs and it's uh okay not to be perfect it's important to be kind to yourself one thing that might help is to be to focus on the things that you're grateful for it's easy to get caught up in negative thoughts but taking a moment to appreciate the good things in your life can help put things into perspective you could also try talking to someone you trust like a friend or family member about how you're feeling sometimes just venting and getting things off your chest can help uh it's also important to take care of yourself both physically and mentally yada yada and then it's like you know is this the most like insightful piece of wisdom ever no but like it's like quick and it's there it's fast maybe i'm falling in love with a robot i don't know <laughs> listen i if you're gonna fall in love with any robot ChatGPT is definitely the one to do yeah Ooh, i did another thing that i think was cool um i said what are some book recommendations if you like to read books by colleen hoover and they said if you enjoy reading Colleen Hoover's books, here are a few recommendations for other authors and books you might enjoy. And they gave me a list of five books to try. Like, that's cool. Yeah. So you can say, like, I like these books. Like, what books, like, are similar? And it's, I feel like that is, like, a perfect example of machine learning. Like, they can search databases, I guess, if they have access to the databases, whatever data they're looking at. They can see like this percent of people read Colleen Hoover and also read this book and liked it. And this article says, mm-hmm. if you like Colleen Hoover, like read this or. Um, have you heard that people are really worried about it now because they're afraid it's going to like completely change the way that students can cheat? Yeah, I have seen that. How do you how do you feel about it? Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, if you're cheating, the only person you're cheating is yourself. That's the way I see it. Like if you don't want to be learning something. That's just going to be your problem, you know? Yeah, but I wonder if it really will be so. Because I saw some teachers talking about it and like everyone was like, are you worried? And it was like, yeah, I think I know the difference between my like 15 year old student who's like trying to figure out how essays work and like chat GPT's perfectly done five paragraph essay. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, like it definitely has its own voice and everyone has their own voice. So hopefully... It won't be an issue, but I think that is kind of scary and just um, detrimental to anyone who's learning. I think especially like children, you know? Yeah, I feel like cheating in general, like, is so, it's kind of an interesting dilemma now that um, so much is available with technology. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this was interesting for us, like in college, people are always like, there are a lot of ways to 
look up things on the internet related to programming and it was like such a big deal if you would do that but then you graduate and go into the working world and what do you do you google yeah and like look at how other people code stuff all the time it's like the whole point a lot of computer science is like importing packages and literally using other people's code so right and that's you know the whole point is like why would you do everything right over exactly again stuff is, which is not saying that you should copy an entire thing but i feel like it's like obviously you're gonna do it legally like people have open source code that they're like use it you know <laughs> like when you're trying hard and doing it on your own to like just see someone else get you know, the same grade as you or something when they didn't do it. That just sucks. Well, I mean, to me, it's more like, why are we teaching things that are just like Googleable facts instead of like focusing on somebody's interpolation or reflection on or like taking something, right. which is why I think that like English teachers and stuff are not so worried because it's like, okay, ChatGPT can tell you like all this stuff about like Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. Right. It's like, if you have a prompt that's like your opinion on this thing, it's like, you need to find your own opinion on that yeah. thing. Well, and when um, we grew up, I feel like when we were in school, I mean, that wasn't that long ago, but you know what I mean? Um, yes. I feel like the way I was taught was very, like, remember these facts. And then what year did this yeah, happen? Same. It was very factual-based and, like, just, like, memorization. And um, my last year of college, I lived with grad students that were um, in grad school for teaching and it was so cool to see mm -hmm. the style of teaching kids is a lot different. It's not like that as much. It's a lot more interactive and um, just like more creative ways to learn rather than just learning facts, like learning significance. Oh, that's so nice. Especially history, for instance, like one of them was a history teacher. Like she really focused on using like uh, credible documents. So it's not some history book, you know, like documents from the time that she's teaching um mm -hmm. so like good sources and just teaching the significance of history not just this happened at right. this time more like right. why are we learning it and how is it applied today and like history definitely does you know shape today and shape the future it's like that's why you learn it not so much so you can spit out a fact and so i'm just using history as an example but it is cool i think schools are changing and the way we learn is different now. So I, I like that. Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. So that's so much different than the way we learned mm -hmm. it. But I, yeah, I don't know. I'm just like passionate about that. I feel like technology is a tool that we can use to better education in so many ways. Because like so many things are just so fascinating and interesting. Like um, for me, like I'm very interested in fashion. And I watch a lot of videos on YouTube and stuff that are like, an analysis of like trends over time and like the things that go into that are like history sociology economics like the environment yeah. like there's so many things that go into play to like make clothes produce clothes market clothes who wears them what happens to them after they're gone but it's like so it's like the internet can bring you access to so many more subjects yeah. and also like so many cool ways to learn mm -hmm. and I feel like for a lot of people like when we were growing up everything was so boring like the internet was so much more fascinating than anything you learned in school yeah but I I hope to see that turnover where like all the cool technological things can be incorporated into the classroom so that learning is just like so much more immersive and interesting you've reached the voicemail of Camelia please hang up and dial again
Thank you for listening to this episode of Pick Up the Phone. Our show would not be possible without the support of our amazing team. Our executive producer is Camelia Pastor. Our audio editor is Camelia Pastor. Our graphic designer is Camelia Pastor. Our marketing team, Camelia and Pastor. Sales and analytics, Camelia Pastor. And of course, this season's intern is Camelia Pastor.